we'll get going here. Father, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for being good to us, Lord, and uh, just loving us. Um, Lord, I thank you for a church that uh, is just busy about your work. Uh, there's a lot of churches um, around that uh, are they're doing something, but I'm just not completely sure what it is, Lord. And so I look around here and I see uh, people that are really bought into your mission. Um, they're doing it for you. They're not doing it for themselves. Uh, they really want to meet people where they're at. And so, uh, God, I'm just uh, I'm glad to be a part of something like that. And so I just thank you for uh, just Luke's vision in the the youth group ministry. It's getting pretty large, and there's a lot of things going on. And uh, you know, it starts with you know Mitch and the the E wing and everything that they've got going on. And the leaders they've got throughout through uh, that through there, and you see it going to the youth, and uh, just there's, there's a lot of stuff happening, God, and I, I just really see your hand on it. So, Lord, I do pray that you would speak to us today. Um, we're gonna uh, just kind of hit the pause button for a minute today and just kind of uh, look at something different. And so, Lord, I pray it would be something that is uh, profitable, uh, that you would just remove me and uh, just speak through me, and that it would be uh, just profitable for you. I do pray for Church in the Park that's coming up that you would uh, allow. Um, you know, the people of HBF to be there, obviously it's a good time to be outside and uh, it's that time of year that everybody wants to be outside. But I, I pray that you would bring guests, that you would bring people that need to hear the gospel and that it would just be preached boldly. And so, uh, God, I just uh, pray you'd speak today and that you get all the honor and the glory in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, if you got your Bibles, open up to the book of First Chronicles. And uh, a lot of people are like, oh, that's the book where... That's that's the book where uh, they have a bunch of names and everything, and you're correct, but that's not where we're going. Uh, First Chronicles uh, chapter 13, we're going to start there, and uh, this is kind of, it started more as a um, devotional thought, it's actually some of the stuff that I read uh, earlier this week, and um, I usually try to keep a lot of that stuff just, you know, between me and the Lord, and, uh, you know, I just as a... A side note, if you're ever anybody who does get the opportunity to teach, um, make sure that the stuff that you teach is not just the, your daily stuff, right? The daily stuff needs to be between you and the Lord. Uh, and it's, it's good to, you know, share with people every now and then, hey, this is cool, God showed me this, but if the only thing that you're able to tell people is just the, the little bit that you read in your, your quiet daily devotion time, uh, they need to be separate, right? And and so anyway, I usually keep this to myself, but uh, knowing that uh, I'm going to be out next week and then the following week is Church in the Park and there's just a lot of things coming up and I didn't want to break up because if you've been through First Corinthians with us, we're getting ready to roll into chapter 14. And it's a pretty lengthy chapter on, he wraps up this uh, topic of spiritual gifts and he spends an, an, an exponential amount of time. I don't even know if that's a word. Uh, he spends a long amount of time. That's me trying to be smart. Uh, Talking about uh, the gift of tongues and how it's really not even profitable to to have and all of those things, but I want to take our time and work our way through that because that's a question that you know you'll probably come across uh, in daily life because there's other religions out there, and so I want to take our time getting through that. And I don't want to get started on it. So anyway, this was something that was just kind of rolling around in my brain. And then I was able to kind of morph it a little bit into uh, something that was able to be kind of taught, but it's more of a devotional thought. But anyway, uh, the, the title, if you're a title kind of person, is uh, being obedient to God's uh, being obedient to God's will. And so, if you've been around very long, you've heard me talk about uh, the difference between the plan of God and the will of God. Uh, obviously, the will of God is the same for every person. Uh, if you're lost, the will of God for your life is to get saved. That's the only will of God that He has for your life. If you're a lost person, it, it, the will of God is not for you to be a better husband or a better wife or a better parent or a better employee or better this, that, or the other. The will of God for your life is to get saved. 
Okay, but once you get saved, that all changes because now you're saved. So it's not like you've arrived. The will of God changes for you from the time that you get saved moving forward, and it is basically to be sanctified. Now, is there anybody in here that would be like, okay, I've done that, now what's next, right? Uh, to be sanctified means to be set apart, to be more like Christ every day. And so, uh, I don't know about you, but I spend my entire life, or I plan on spending my entire life trying to be more like Christ every day, uh, trying to be more like Him. So I'm never going to get there, but I hope to uh, get as close as I can. And that is what sanctification is. So the will of God for your life, once you're saved, is to be a better follower, to be a better wife, husband, parent, employee, uh, you know, person, right? And so that is the will of God for your life. And so how do you do that? Because the plan of God is different for every person. The plan of God for my life might be to be at HBF for so many years and then God's going to move us down the road and to do this over here. Or the plan of God for somebody's life might be to be a missionary to this place or to be a pastor over here or to be a deacon here or just to be a you know, a, a good member in good standing and somebody who serves in the E-Wing for the, their entire life or whatever it is, the plan of God is different for every person. And it changes as you grow, right? The plan of God for your life might start with uh, learning how to teach children. And then by the time you know it, you're standing where I'm standing teaching adults. And you just don't remember the plan of God changes as you grow, but the will of God does not change. And so the key for us, just in general, is to always be walking in the will of God. Because as a Christian, you can't lose your salvation, correct? It doesn't happen. But you can be out of the will of God. You can be on the path of uh, unsanctification, if that's a thing. You can be headed the wrong direction. You didn't lose your salvation, but you're not headed towards being like Christ at all. And so the key is, how do you, how do you stay in God's will? How do you uh, walk in God's will? How do you thrive in God's will? And so a couple of these things that I was kind of reading through, I'm like, you know, this story's about about David. And so we'll kind of talk a little bit about that. But how do you how do you relate that to how do you stay in God's will? And you know, there's one word that comes to my mind immediately, and it's just obedience. What did God tell you to do? Do that. What specifically did God tell you to do? Well, this is a good thing to do. Did that? Did God tell you to do that, though? Well, this is a, a humble thing to do. This is a, did God tell you to do that? Do what he told you to do until he tells you to do something different. Well, but this person, they, they're doing it, and God's really blessing it. Did he tell you to do it? Because uh, I've seen that happen a lot of times where somebody's like, well, the grass is greener, I'm going to go do that, and it just blows up in their face. It's because God didn't tell them to do it. Right? It's, it goes back to what we were talking about several weeks ago with you know wherever you fit in the body. Uh, not everybody can be the head. Not everybody can be the hand. Somebody's got to be the foot. Somebody's got to be the, the leg in the, in the picture of the body of Christ. Do what God told you to do. And so being obedient to God's will is what I want to talk about today. There's a de- direct correlation between obedience and the will of God. And so I was reading through this, this story. And so there's kind of two different things here. And there's two different examples in just this chapter and a half, and we don't have to read all of it, just read some of it, but two different examples of how David uh, kind of didn't stick to the obedient way. He tried to do it his way, and how it didn't work out for him, and then how very quickly, because that's what we need to do, realize when we're out of the will of God, I'm like, oh, I need to do things God's way. I need to do things the way that he told us to do them. And so uh, a little bit of backstory. So David has just finally become king. Now, this is years after he went and slew Goliath, right? Uh, this was years after that uh, 
the the prophet told him, hey, you're going to be, you know, uh, Samuel told him, you're going to be king. Well, the problem was there was already a king, and his name was Saul, and Saul wasn't a huge fan of David. Now, yeah, he was was a big fan of him while he was killing Goliath, but he wasn't such a big fan when all the people were like, oh, yeah, Saul's really awesome because he kills, you know, hundreds, but David kills thousands, right? And David's so much better than Saul. And so the next thing you know, you know, every chance he gets, Saul's trying to, like, kill David, you know, he's, he must not be a very good javelin thrower because there's like three different instances where he tries to throw a javelin at him and kill him and three different times he misses. Uh, and then David's like, okay, so maybe hanging out with this guy is not my best idea because one of these times he might hit me. So then they split up and then Saul spends all these years chasing David, trying to kill him with all of the armies of God. So anyway, this is after all of that. And this is after God finally takes Saul out because he's disobedient and he has now replaced him with David. David has finally just very recently before this story uh, has become king. And now he is the king of Israel, just like God said he would be. And so that's kind of a little bit of backstory as to how we got here. And so first Chronicles chapter uh, 13, let me just read a little bit of this. And I'm, I'm just going to kind of show you a few things. I've got five questions that you can ask yourself to reveal your standing in God's will today. Right. And these are things that just kind of as I went back through my devotional stuff that I was reading, it kind of popped out at me. And so five questions that you can ask yourself to reveal your standing in God's will, because, again, you can't lose your salvation, but you can definitely be out of the will of God. The good news is you can get right back into it if you choose to. And so uh, in chapter 13, first uh, Chronicles 13, verse one, and David consulted with the captains of the thousands and hundreds and with every leader. And David said unto all the congregation of Israel, if it seem good unto you, uh, and that if it be uh, of the Lord our God, let us send abroad unto our brethren everywhere that are left in all the land of Israel, and uh, with them also uh, to the priests and Levites, which are in uh, the cities and suburbs, that they may gather themselves unto us. And let us bring again the ark of God to us, for we inquired not at it in the days of Saul. And so all the congregation said they, uh, they would do so, for this thing was right in the eyes of all the people. How far am I going? Verse 5. So David gathered uh, all Israel together from uh, Shihor uh, of Egypt even to the entering of uh, Hemeth to bring the ark of God uh, from that place, right, if you're reading. And so it's, it's hard to pronounce and I'm not going to try to. So anyway, it, the first thing that you can ask yourself uh, if you're trying to find out, you know, am I, am I walking in the will of God? Am I, how am I in the will of God? Is, uh, is this a good intention or is it a godly intention? So here's David's thought. He's now become king and he's like, hey, we need to get all the people together. We haven't done this in a long time, right? We ain't had a, a good old uh, nation of Israel shindig in quite a while. Like we need to get together and uh, do this thing and we need to do it right. Like let's get the ark back where it needs to be uh, and let's get back to sacrificing uh, to God, right? And it's all a, it's a really good intention. It's a godly thing. Somebody might say, hey, there's need in this ministry. Well, that's that's. Right. There is a need in this ministry. Did God tell you to go there? Right. Did God call you there? Did So he's like, hey, we need to do this thing. We need to go and, and do this thing. What does it say? It says he asked all the people about it. You know, yeah, this is what do you think? He says, ask the captains and all the people. And they were like, oh, yeah. And he even throws in there that uh I don't want you to think I'm, I'm making this up. It says, uh, he, he asked all this. Uh, he said unto all the congregational, if it seemed good unto you, and he throws this in there, and then if it be of the Lord our God. It doesn't say he asked the Lord. It says, this is a godly thing, right? This is something that is, you know, it's, it's biblical. We should do this, right? 
And so the first thing you have to ask yourself is, is what I'm wanting to do, right? Whether it's a new ministry, uh, a new thing in life, a new whatever it is, a new relationship, whatever. Is this a good intention or is it a godly intention? Is it something that is godly? Is is God going to bless this thing? Is God going to grow this thing? Is is this something that God has called me to do or is it something that God has called someone else to do? Because I promise if if I followed through with every good intention I had, um, I'd be busier than I am now. But guess what? They might not be godly. You know, just because it's a good thing doesn't mean it's a it's a godly thing for you, right? There's holes in the e-wing right now. That doesn't mean that every person in here needs to go and run and fill them. Now, it would be really cool if they did, and it would make Mitch be like, wow, I can breathe for a minute. But then what generally happens when that happens? If people that just want to fill spots come in there, right? It doesn't take very long, and then they find out that they're not fit for this ministry because they weren't called to this ministry. And what generally happens is they don't just leave. They leave uh, offended, uh, hurt, and they leave huge messes behind them. And then there's a, a bigger hole than there was. That's all because, and I'm, not, I'm just using the children's ministry as an example, because it wasn't God's calling. It was just them wanting to do something that was godly, right? So make sure that whatever it is, whether it's ministry or anything else, that it's not just a good intention, but it's a godly thing to do. What did God tell me to do? And so here's what happens, because that was a good thing. People will be like, yeah, David should have done this, right? They hadn't done this in a long time. It's a good thing to get everybody together. They need to get the ark together. It's all good. Well, read on. In verse 6. Because this, you know, you've probably heard this story before. Uh, and David went up in all Israel to uh, Baala, and uh, that is in Ker... Man, how do you say that? Somebody kerjath Jerem, okay, uh, uh, which belonged to Judah, to bring up thence the ark of uh, God, uh, the Lord. So they need to go get the ark of the covenant, right? Uh, that dwelleth between the cherubims, uh, whose name is uh, called on it. Um, at verse 7, and, and they carry the ark of God in a new cart. That's noble of them. It's new, right? They didn't get this old cart. It says uh, they got this new cart um, out of the house of uh, Benadab, uh, and Uzzah and Ahilah drove the cart, drove the cart. And David and all Israel played before God with all their mind and with singing and with harps and with psalteries and with timbrels and with cymbals and trumpets. They've got like a marching band thing going on in front of this thing. It's really, it's really exciting, man. There's a lot of stuff happening. But here's what happens in verse 9. And when they came to the threshing floor of Chidon, Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark for the oxen stumbled. So they hit a bump in the road, right? It must be somewhere from Missouri because, man, the roads are terrible, right? They hit a bump on the road. So this guy, what's he do? He reaches up. He's like, I don't want the ark to fall off of this cart. You know, so he, he steadies it. Well, here's what happens. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and he smote him because he put his hand on the ark, and he died before God. That's all it took. He reached up. He touched this thing to keep him falling on the ground, and God's like, not so, son. And he strikes him dead just like that. I don't know if it's a lightning bolt. I don't know what it was, you know, but he's gone just immediately. The second question to reveal your standing in God's will is, is the easier way how God said to do it? Is the easier way how God said to do it? Whether it's a relationship, whether it's a, uh, a ministry, a job, a whatever it is, is the easier way how God told you to do it? 
These guys have this great idea. We're going to get a cart, and we'll carry the ark on this cart. It's probably heavy. If you go back to uh, earlier on in the Old Testament, it gives you all of the details of what the ark is, how big it is, what it's made out of, what it's covered in, what's in it. I promise, it's very detailed. You can go back and read all of that. There's a lot of stuff going on. They're thinking, this thing's heavy. And uh, we put this thing on a cart, we can roll it, right? Now, sometimes you think work smarter, not harder. Well, guess what? Sometimes it's not always like that because that's not how God said to do it. What you need to ask yourself, is this how God said to do it? Now, if you go back and read, there was a way that they were supposed to transport the ark, and it was not on a cart. God never said, hey, if it gets too heavy, throw it on some wheels, right? He doesn't say, you know, get the tractor and pull it. He doesn't say throw it in the... He's, there's, there's a specific way, and we'll find out later what that is, how to do it. The thing you need to ask yourself when you're asking yourself, you know, my, how is my standing in the will of God? How, how am I doing... Is the easier way out, because we're always looking for an easier way out, is the easier way how God told you to do it? Whether it's ministry, life, job, I mean, you fill in the blank. Is the easier way how God told you to do it? Because God's very specific when he tells you to do something. When God says, hey, this is what I want you to do, he's generally pretty specific. You're like, well, he hasn't told me that. Are you reading the word? Because I still haven't heard the audible voice of God yet. right? And so I'm just going to stick to what the word tells me. And now God speaks to me through that. And so he's very specific in when he tells you what to do, right? And so is the easier way how God said to do it? Not always. Verse 11 and 12. And David was displeased. So he's all hacked off. David's like, I was doing this for you, God. And now you killed a guy and everybody's scared. And like, what do I do with this? Right? Remember, he's a new king and he's, you know, they didn't want to run him out of town. So he was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, wherefore that place was called uh, per Perez Uzzah, and to this day. And David was afraid of God that day. Well, that, there's, there's something to be said about a healthy fear of the Lord just in your own life. But anyway, uh, saying, how shall I bring the ark of God home to me? He's like, well, how am I going to get it there? Well, he'll figure it out. He's going to, oh, maybe I should go back and read the law. And God will tell me exactly how to do it. Uh, the next question that you can use to reveal your standing in God's will is, am I angry with God or am I angry with my disobedience? Because this is what happens. You maybe make the wrong choice and you jump into a ministry. I use ministry a lot because I see this a lot. But you jump into a ministry or you jump into a job, you jump into a relationship, you jump into whatever it is, uh, just a decision you make and you say, hey, this is what I want to do. And, and what happens? It blows up in your face. Well, and then what happens? Usually you're not like, oh, yeah, I did that wrong. Usually you're like, why did God allow that to happen to me? Well, that shouldn't have happened. I saw Mitch do it over there. I saw Brady do it. I saw John do it. I saw, and it's working for them. Why didn't it work for me? Right? It works over there. Did God tell you to do it? Oh. It was the easier way the way God told you to do it? Oh. And so the question you have to ask yourself when you get to this point is, am I really angry with God? Or am I angry with my disobedience? Because, I mean, I can tell you the answer, but sometimes it works better when you figure out the answer yourself. And so you got to ask yourself, is... Am I really mad at God or should I really be mad at God or do I really need to evaluate how did I get here? How, how exactly did I end up here? And as I was reading through this the other day, you know, it's just this is life. I've read this story. I've read these passages a lot of times. And still, it's like God's, hey, just do it the way I told you to do it. Just do it the way I told you to do it over and over again. So and then it goes on. There was another another thing later on. And so jump fast forward to, to chapter 14. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but uh to chapter 14, let's start in, in verse 8. So 
David, a, a little bit of time passes. He's now king again. And so there's these two stories kind of run side by side. And it's God's way of showing, hey, you can either do it my way or you cannot. And so David has finally got his heart right. Uh, he's like, hey, maybe I should just do things God's way. And so uh, in verse 8, it says, When the Philistines heard that David was anointed king over Israel, and all the Philistines went up to seek David, and David heard of it uh, and went out against them. And the Philistines came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? And wilt thou deliver them into my hand? Well, that's an interesting question. Hey, there's a ministry opportunity coming up, Right? There's a battle coming. There's something big in life that is coming. David probably learned something of the last two things that have just happened. And now what's he do? He's like, maybe I should ask God, am I supposed to go fight with these guys? Or is it time for us to tuck tail and run? Because sometimes, you know, there's more of them than us and, you know, numbers work out. And so what's he do? He's learned something. And what's he, he asked God, what am I supposed to do here? Right? Am I supposed to? So once you've stepped into the ministry, it didn't work out. Well, next time you're going to maybe ask God, so is the is this ministry the right one? Is this where you want me to go, Lord? Uh, is this the right way, that you know, the right decision we need to make in this area of our life? Is this the right? Because the last time we did it our way and it was easy and it was fun and then it wasn't. And so, God, what do you think of this? Like, what do you think we ought to do? And so it's really wise that David it didn't take him very long and he's like, okay, Maybe we should just see what God says. And what's he say? And the Lord said to him, go up, for I will deliver them by hand. So they came up into Bala Perizim. I don't know. And, and David smote them there because God said he would. And David said, God hath broken up my enemies before mine hand uh, like the breaking forth of waters. Therefore, they called the name of that place uh, uh, Bala Perizim. I don't know. And, and when they had... Left their gods there, David gave a commandment, and when they uh, uh, and they were burned with fire. Verse 13, And the Philistines yet again spread themselves abroad in the valley. And David inquired again of God. So this is really key, because here's another mistake that I've seen people, I've personally, I'll just say, my, I personally have made in my life. God has said, yes, this is what I want you to do in this instance. So then I take that as, if this instance ever comes up again for the rest of my life, it must mean that God wants me to do it, Right? It's no different than like, I kind of used this example last week. Uh, just because something works once doesn't mean it's always going to work, right? Guys, just because you took your wife, I used this example last week if you weren't here. Just because you took your wife on a date and it was like the best date ever. And she was like, this was the best night of my life. It was great. Every that you, you, you never think of things like this, right? Or you never do things like this. And so we as guys, we're like, sweet, if it worked, we'll do this every time. Friday night from now on, this is what we're going to do. Well, after about the second time, she's like, why did we do this again? Well, I thought you liked it, right? And so the problem is we we follow this routine of if it works once, that must be the new way to do it. David says, well, he sent me out against the Philistines once. I should just go do it. And I think it's very key, again, that we see David and he's like, well, here they are again. I'm going to ask again. There's a new ministry opportunity that's come up. This one worked out. Maybe I should just go take on this one too, because we see this a lot. We see a people. We see people get way too over involved in ministry, and they've got their hands in like eight different things. And then what generally happens is they get burnt out and they leave all of them. Well, I promise you're more beneficial to the body of Christ, being really beneficial, being really doing one thing well, doing two things well, than you are doing eight things half cocked. There's other words that we could use, but halfway, because generally what happens is they blow up and nothing's getting done, right? And so again, 
David thinks it's key. Hey, I'm going to ask God. This is the same thing, same valley, same people. It would be really easy to be like, yeah, I'm definitely supposed to do that. Well, no, he still, he asks. And maybe it's a good thing he asks because what's God say? Therefore, David inquired again of God. And God said to him, go not up after them. Turn, uh, turn away from them and come not uh, uh, upon them over uh, against the, the mulberry trees, right? I don't know why it's talking about mulberry trees, but don't do that. Just That's what I told you to do last time. Don't do that. Now, it doesn't say what would happen if they did, but I've got a pretty good idea. If you go against the will of God, what happens? And so he says, don't do that. And so David's like, all right, we won't do that. But then God's like, hey, and it shall be when thou shalt hear a sound of the going of the tree tops of the mulberry trees, that thou shalt go out uh, to battle, for God has, has gone forth before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. Therefore, or David therefore did as God commanded them. And what happened? Well, imagine that. It worked just like God said. And they smote the host of the Philistines from uh, Gibeon into Gezer. And the fame of David went out into all the lands. Right? And so, again, when you take time to daily just be like, God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you think about this one? What do you think about this situation? What do you think about, uh, what do you think about this? What do you think I should do here? Should I do it? I know you said to do that, you know, last time, but the, the next way that you can, the question you can ask yourself to reveal your standing in God's will is, do I seek God's face daily? Do I seek God's face daily? David is, he's not like, yeah, I got the yes answer once, so that must mean yes until I die. He doesn't say, yeah, I, I got the approval once, so that must mean every ministry is for me. Every job is for me. Every No, he says, am I seeking God's face daily? Am I asking him daily? Okay, there's a new opportunity. God, what do you think? There's a new opportunity. What do you think? Right? There's a new opportunity. Should we do this? Right? There's an authority structure. Right? People get tired of my... They, they finally have learned not to ask my wife really anything when it comes to like ministry or things like that because her answer is by default... I'm going to talk to Jason. Let me ask Jason. You should ask Jason, right? And it's not because she doesn't have authority to answer. She can answer whatever she wants. She just knows that the way we do things in our household is we make decisions together, especially when it comes to ministry and things like that. You know, there's an authority structure. David's like, hey, my authority is God. Let me see what God thinks about going and taking care of the Philistines. I know he did yesterday or last week or whenever it was, but am I supposed to today? Am I seeking God's face daily? You want to be in God's will? I promise you won't stay there if you're not seeking His face daily. You might think that, oh yeah, I'm involved in ministry, I come to church, uh, I do all the things, right? If you're not seeking Him daily, you're not walking in His will. I'll just be honest. Like, it doesn't happen. It doesn't work that way. You are not walking. If you're not daily seeking Him, somehow, some way, you're not in His will, right? The will of God is to be more like Him every day. How are you going to be more like Him every day if you're not hearing from Him, if you're not asking Him? What do I need to do? How do I need to grow? What do I need to change? What do I need to keep the same? Do I need to go do this today? Like all the things. Like that's how you stay in the will of God. And then verse 11 to 15 and we'll be done. I'm sorry. Yeah, fast forward to chapter 15. So, okay, he goes out, he does this thing. And then so this circles back around to the first part of the story where, you know, they're trying to move the ark, right? So I didn't want to leave it there, you know, because you might be like, well, how are they supposed to get this thing moved? So, I think that's key that God throws chapter 14 in there between 13 and 15. Not just because numbers work that way, but because... Uh, <laughs> not just because it's easier for us, but because we see that David kind of made some mistakes and we see that uh, he finally remembered, hey, 
I'm going to do things. I'm going to, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to seek God. And then we see him in chapter 15, and he's like, oh, yeah, about that other thing that didn't work out, maybe if I seek God, there's a way. Maybe if I seek God, just because something didn't work doesn't mean it wasn't godly. You just didn't do it godly, right? You did it your way. And so uh, fast forward, I don't want to, we don't have time to read it all, but fast forward to, to verse 11 in chapter 15. So he's like, okay, we need, to, we need to get this ark thing figured out. So he gets all the people together in verse 11. And David called uh, uh, Zadok and uh, Aberathar uh, the priests. Oh, so now he's going to get the priests involved. That's interesting. Go back to uh, farther in the Old Testament. That's who's supposed to be taking care of this whole thing. Uh, and, and the Levites, that's where the priests come from, uh, from uh, Uriel to Isaiah and Joel and Samiah and Eli, and, I don't know, man, and Aminadab, verse 12, and said unto them, You are chief of the father of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves, both ye and your brethren, that ye bring up the ark of the Lord of God into Israel into the place that I have prepared for it. Wow. Maybe if I just do it the way God said to do it, like word for word, how to get this thing from point A to point B, how we're going to do this, who needs to do it, maybe God will bless that. Maybe there won't be any lightning happening in our lives. Maybe when you take time and go back to the book, now they didn't have the entire Bible, he had a copy of the law, right? And so like he had a way to know what God had said back to Moses, right, in the mount. He had a way to know these things. Sometimes when you forget, you need to go back to the book and find out the way, you know. And so we find out, hey, I'm going to get the right people involved. Verse 13, for because you did it not at the first, the Lord our God made a breach upon us for that we sought not after him uh, after the due order. Hmm. So maybe we need to do things decently and in order. There's a reason we say that, right? We're going to do things with the right people at the right time in the right way, decently and in order. So the priests and Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord uh, of God of Israel. Verse 15, and the children of the Levites bear the ark upon their shoulders with the staves thereon, as Moses commanded according to the word of the Lord. There was a way to move the ark. It was not on a cart with wheels. They were to put this thing on, it's the best I can tell, they got him a, you know, a, a sheet of CDX plywood, right? And they threw it upon a couple like bamboo sticks and it was, you know, they carried it on their shoulders and they walked and nobody had to worry about it because there were four guys carrying this thing and they moved it that way. There was, I'm, I mean, I'm just, again, this is in my mind, but they've got these, they've got staves and they've got something flat, right? And so they've got a way to carry it, not their way, but God's way. Right? Because they can control when they stumble. They can control what happens. And nobody has to touch it. Nobody has to do anything. When you do it God's way, decently in order, how He told you to do it, sometimes it's not the easy way, but it is God's way. Right? And so the last question that you can ask yourself to reveal your standing in God's will is, am I submitting myself to what God told me to do? Not am I submitting myself to what I saw God tell this other person to do. Not am I going to where this other person went. Not am I doing what that other person said. Not am I even burdened to go to a ministry that has a need. Am I submitting myself to what God told me to do? God said, hey, you want to move the ark? Here's the way to do it. I told Moses. He wrote it down, right? This is how you do it. It, It's not hard. When you're wondering like, man, I'm just struggling in life. I don't know... If I'm, you know, there's days like this. I don't know up from down. I don't know right from wrong. I just feel like the world is just an absolute mess. Okay, when things are like that, go back to the basics. 
what exactly did God tell me to do? Right? Get yourself out of the weeds. Get yourself out of all the, the, the whatever. Go back to just the things that you know to be true. What did God tell me to do? Okay, I'll do that. And you can expand from there. But when life gets to a point where it's just like, man, I just do not know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to say. I don't know what I... What did God tell you, you specifically to do? Because when you do it that way, I've got a bonus point for you. Fast forward to verse 25. When you do things God's way, it says, So David and the elders of Israel and the captains over thousands went to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the house of Obedeum, or Obedeum uh, with joy. And it came to pass when God helped the Levites that they bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, that they offered seven bullocks and seven rams. When you do things God's way, when you submit to, that's not the way I would have done it, but that's the way God said to do it. When you say, what did God tell me to do? And I'm just going to do that until he tells me something different. Here's what happens. It says God's going to help you. Not only did they have to, it's God helped them do it all. Basically, let me just tell you, when it says God helped you, it means God did it, right? You were there, and you get to, you get to be like, yeah, I was, I was there. It's kind of like when, if you have little kids, or if you've had little kids, and, you know, you're like, hey, do you want to help me with this? You know that really it's going to take longer when you ask them to help you, right? It's, it's actually going to take, it's going to be harder. Uh, things might get messed up, but you're teaching them something. And that, but you know what? At the end of the day, I, I used to ask my kids, my boys, hey, do you want to come out and you know help me do X, Y, Z? You want to change the oil in the car? Do you want to help me do this or that? You want to help me build this or that? When we built our our dock, even when they were a little bit older, like, do you want to help me do these things? Is it because I really needed the help? I mean, not really, but I wanted to spend time with them. I wanted to teach them some things. And at the end of the day, it makes them feel like, look what I did. And it's like, yeah, you're right, you did. But at the end of the day, when God comes alongside of you and you're like, man, look what I did, the best thing that you can do is realize that you didn't do it yourself. It was only God anyway, and you give all the glory back to Him. Right? And as I was reading through this the other day, that was kind of the the biggest thing. I always pray that. I want God to get all the glory for my life from everything that I do. But we need to make sure that even if we are walking in God's will, even if we do feel like, you know, things are actually rolling pretty well in life, and, you know, I feel like I am doing the right things. Are you making sure that God's the one getting the glory, right? Because he's the one doing the work, I promise. You might be like, well, I'm kind of tired. Uh, Yep, God's the one doing the work, I promise. So are you making sure he gets the glory? Because when we're obedient, here's your bonus point, when we're obedient, we can expect God's blessing, right? There's a direct correlation between obedience and God's will. And when we're obedient, we can expect God's blessing. Not we can hope for, not we can, you can expect it. That's what happens. There's a direct correlation between obedience and blessing. Now, I'm not saying you're going to get like a monetary blessing. You're going to be like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to preach that kind of a prosperity gospel. You know, it isn't a sow a seed, reap a blessing kind of thing. What I am telling you is if you're obedient, there'll be a blessing. And sometimes blessing is just the peace of God in your life. So that's what I got. It's actually, it was good for me. Hopefully it was good for you guys just kind of meditating on those things. And being in the will of God is one of the most important things that you can do in your life. Staying in the will of God is even more important. And we talk about this quite a bit in Passpoint, but that's just because we're in a season of life where it's really easy to fall out. Really, you never get out of that season. But, you know, we're busy. Most of us have kids. Most of us are pulling, or are pulled just different directions all the time. And it's really easy to get stressed out, to get wore out, I promise, 
the best place to be is in the will of God. Because if you're not there, I mean, really none of the other stuff matters. It doesn't matter how many times you make it to the appointment, you get to the game, you do the thing, you, you know, you follow through. If you're not in the will of God, none of that matters because He's not getting any glory for it. And if He's not getting any glory, there's zero point in what you're doing. Because as a Christian, the only thing that you are here to do is to give God glory. You do that by living a life that's glorifying to Him so that you can bring other people along to do it, meaning get people saved. So, man, we've got to be in the will of God. And so, as just kind of some, some of the stuff that God was showing me, make sure you're asking yourself these questions. How am I doing? How am I, how am I living? How am I doing with making sure God's getting the glory for my life and everything that I do? So, alright, with that, let's pray. We'll get out of here. Father, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for just being good to us, Lord, and uh, just loving us. Um, God, you're, you're about all the details. And sometimes we get bogged down on the details and we need to realize that, uh, you've already got those things taken care of. Lord, if we would just be simply, uh, obedient, if we would do things decently in order, if we would just follow you, understand what you've called us to do, and just stay there. Man, there's so much peace in knowing that I'm, I'm in the will of God. I'm following the plan that God is for my life. And Lord, if we would just, if we would just be obedient. And so God, I do pray for uh, those in past point. There's a lot of people that were out today for the, the youth meeting and a lot of things going on in ministry. And so God, I do pray that you're getting the glory from our lives, that you're using us, you're giving us opportunities to be used and that we're uh, obedient. Uh, to speak when you call us to speak. Send us out as lights in a dark world. Uh, use, use Pastor Brian as he preaches to us today. Uh, just get all the glory from our lives in Christ's name. Amen.